Okay, so the topic today is about how to make follow-up more effective. And last time, we spent lots of time talking about elements of successful client meetings and what you do when you're in the client meeting and how it's a chess match. And you're trying to think two steps ahead, but you want to come prepared with not only your stories that you want to weave into the conversation, but your questions that you don't have to think of those while you're trying to listen, so you can really focus on listening in the meeting. Um, and we talked about how important follow-up is because um, we talked about the numbers game of the sales cycle and how you want to have lots and lots of possibilities in the pipeline so that you can um, relieve yourself from any attachment to making one of those possibilities actually come to fruition. Because really, there's no one right way to do follow-up. It varies as much as different personality styles and work ethics and whatever. You know, it, it really matters most what you're comfortable doing. This is Jeremy Susie. Before we do the follow-up, I just have one little coaching story that relates to the theme that we've been talking about, but it's a specific example in terms of getting the appointment, which I think is useful and to me relates to a follow-up question I have but that's somewhat separate. I'd just like to just take, take a moment. Sure. Um, yesterday I met with the managing director of a large um, HR company, and I've been trying to, to reach him, and we've been playing telephone tag for approximately three weeks, and he's been dutifully returning my phone calls, even sure. though that he's never met me, I've never met him. And he has an assistant who's very nice who have been talking to on the phone. So what I finally did, and, 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 and really listening to Susie, you know, get the appointment, get the appointment, get the appointment, Susie, um, was I just, said, I just said to the woman, look, it's established that he wants to talk to me and I want to talk to him. Why don't we just set up a time? And, and you can just give him the time, and if it's not good, uh, you know, let me know. But I, here's a time I can meet with him. And uh, we'll just schedule the appointment. And so she did that. Yay! <laughs> so and that well, you know, so I just got the appointment, and I and I, and I, I met with him yesterday, and we didn't have to keep on circling around, and circling around, and um, the meeting went fairly well. But the point was, by by just sort of like closing on the appointment, I was able to just like get to that next step. Yay! Yeah, right. Good job. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So sometimes we don't even have to speak to the person to get the appointment, which is even cooler, right? That's right. Right. That's always the best. Yeah. In fact, I have a story like that, too. Something about people, like, not returning calls to me lately. I don't know what's going on. But I have these are actual clients that I already have work with, and I've, I've been needing to meet with two different people in this corporation. Mm -hmm. And I've been calling them and emailing them for, I'd say, three weeks. And they're not only not returning my calls, but not returning my emails. They've been just completely out of communication. Mm -hmm. So I decided, forget this, I'm just going to go through their secretaries, and I emailed their secretaries, and the very next day had a meeting scheduled with them. Mm. You know, I ha it's, it's actually going to happen this Thursday. So, so yeah, when you can actually work their system, it, it can work to your benefit. Yes. So yeah. good. So, so in following up, um, we spent a lot of time on the last call talking about um, making calls and getting the appointments. And follow-up is part of that, especially if you're having to leave messages for people. There's follow-up at different stages. There's follow-up in terms of getting the appointment. Then there's follow-up after you've had the first appointment in terms of following up with getting the work. 
So let's just take it one step at a time. What have you found have been strategies that have worked for you in follow-up in order to get appointments? So Jeremy just shared one example where he was persistent in calling the guy and the guy was calling him back, and then after three weeks, he called the assistant and set up a meeting. So that was follow-up that worked. He said after three weeks, you know, enough of phone tag, I'm going to end the phone tag and set up a meeting. So what are other strategies that have worked? Uh, this is Bob. I, I haven't been doing that many calls, but I, I did have a six, two successful instances. I, I guess I should say I did two for two. Yeah. Uh, I didn't. Um, I didn't accept uh, voicemail or leaving a message. I just uh, asked when the person would be there, and I called back, and I got appointments in both cases. Great. So uh, <laughs> last Monday, um, I, I called the guy from the outplacement agency, and. Uh, to get together to have lunch because the South Placement Agency wants to use coaches. They do coaching, too. They want to use coaches to get into um, into corporations. And he said, uh, uh, I'll call you in a couple of days, um, and we'll have lunch. And he didn't call me. I waited until okay. the end of the week, and I was hating myself on Friday, and I still didn't call him. I forgot conveniently <laughs> on Friday to call him because I swore I would. Yeah. So I called today, and... and uh, uh, I called yesterday, he wasn't in, I didn't leave voicemail today, I called the secretary, wasn't in, so I got his direct dial number from the uh, the computer there, uh, routing system, and, and I got through to him, and we talked, and uh, uh, he said, you know, I, you know, you should come in uh, next Monday, because I'm having a guy from this financial services company come over, and you've worked with financial services people, or oh, I said, oh, I didn't tell you about this other financial services person. Oh, you've got to come in, and uh, uh, because we're talking to them about providing coaching, and Good I had job. called about lunch. Good job. And he said, I said, well, I said, what about lunch? He said, well, we can talk afterwards. Unfortunately, I, I don't. Uh, uh, I'm not going to be able to. But uh, if things go well, I just may make damn sure I, um, I I stay anyway. Now, something else in what you just said too, um, when when this guy. From the outplacement guy said that he'd call you in a couple of days to do lunch and then he didn't call mm -hmm. um something th this is just another strategy that might be a possibility for all of us when we're faced with someone who says well i'll call you in a couple of days to do that say you know what i'm actually running around so much it would be great if we could just schedule a time now right. Get him down. you know how's friday at noon now i did something similar uh with the with this this other guy he, you know he kept blowing off meetings and i get disgusted so I decided that I would call him and get an appointment. And, uh, and I called him and he said, uh, how about, you know, after uh, April, after May 1st, he said. Uh-huh. And I said, fine, let's, let's pick a date. And, and uh, <laughs> we kind of wiggled a bit and, and we made a date. Great. We made a specific date. We're going to meet on the 510 train to Greenwich. <laughs> and we are going to talk on that train. Good. And I know he's going to be, well, I, I know he's got to go home. And and I'm going to, I don't know what his resistance is, but I don't care. You know, well, you might open the conversation with that. That's, a, that's great. That's you might story. open the conversation exploring Jerry, that what resistance. what the hell's going on? Well, you know, I, I kind of get the feeling that you're not really into this idea anymore. Yeah. You know, I just want to, you, you want to give him a back door out because you well, don't want to pressure him. He protests loudly that he is. And, and I've been doing that with my website developer. And the problem is that that we need to be structured, and I need to. I, I'm sure I need to structure this guy. 
I need to I need to make it easy for him to work with easier for him to work with me. I got to find out how to do that. Good. I'm not taking it personally. Good. That's great. Okay. Other strategies or follow-up stories to share? This is Lou. I um, there's a, a brain injury center uh, that has all these facilities around uh, New Jersey that need coaching for their staff, and I've made repeated calls to the person who's in charge of the coordinating the services in the community. Uh, but I have not gotten a return phone call. I know that she's interested in me providing a service in terms of coaching staff, but she hasn't returned the call. So I don't know what to do. I mean, I've, I've left, I must have left about five messages. And you know she's interested in talking? Correct. And do you, are you certain that she's getting your messages? I'm not, uh, except that mm-hmm. I do know that uh, she has a voicemail which goes on and it's identified as hers. So. Does she have email? Um, I don't have the e- Well, if she does, I don't have it written. But is there an assistant or somebody that you could call to get the email? That's what I'll have to do. I think I'll have to do something like that, maybe. Oh, there's a, here, there's a, I, have several, I have her direct line and then I have her fax number, too. I'll fax her. Yeah, and there's, now this is this is a really common scenario, so this is a really good one to bring up, Lou, you know, that you, you leave messages, you leave messages, you leave messages, and nobody calls you back. Right. So a couple of strategies that, um, that I have employed in that scenario is, one, I just wait a couple of weeks and then try again, D- you know, depending on how time-sensitive the thing is. I may just, you know, let them not hear from me for a couple of weeks and then try again and say, listen, you know, I really don't want to be a pest. I, don't, I know I've already left you tons of messages. But, you know, I was just calling to see if maybe your schedule has loosened up a bit and there's a chance that we can get together and talk. Right. Leave that kind of a message. And then I might even also leave a date. Listen, I'd like to see, you know, I am going to be in your neighborhood. That's another good one. I'm going to be near your office. Tuesday at 3, are you available? Yeah, I've used that one. Yeah, you know, whether you're actually going to be there or not, you know, I'm going to be there because because if you get a meeting with them, you will be there, so it's not long. Right. You know? <laughs> so, and then another one is, and this is one that is useful in a number of different situations, is the apology call. And the apology call is, you know what, I, I don't know, I, I don't know what I've done or what I've Said, but I feel like I need to apologize to you, and I'm not sure what for. But I, I must have offended you terribly because I haven't heard back from you. <laughs> so I thought it's a guilt call. <laughs> yeah, it's the apology call. It's it's you know I am so sorry. Could you please just let me know that you know that you got this message and that you, and that you understand that I'm trying to apologize to you. And could you let me know what I've done because I'd really like to apologize to you in person. And I'm whatever it is, I'm really sorry. I'm so sorry. Does that work? <laughs> Oh, it's amazing. You know, people who don't call you back for three months will call you back the same day and go, no, I'm not mad at you, you know, because they're so, you know, it's just, it's human nature. People don't want other people out there thinking that you're pissed off at them when you're not. So, yeah, I've had people call back immediately and say, listen, you know, it's just that I ha- I've been putting off calling you back because we don't know what we're doing yet. And, you know, they, they, they tell you the truth is what happens. They call you and tell you the truth rather than just not calling. Well, the good thing about the apology call is, that, is, among other things, is besides inducing guilt, which is always part of an interesting relationship, is that it models vulnerability. Mm-hmm. So yeah. It sort yeah. of allows them to be more honest also. 
Well, and it's also, I don't use that, you know, that's not a technique that I use um, a lot. Right. It's, it's something that when I get to the point in not getting called back, that I actually start to get a little neurotic and wonder if I've done something. Right. You know? So it's so, based on something. So it is based on something. It's not that I just kind of invent an apology out of thin air. It's that if I haven't heard that, especially if it's when you've done some work with someone who wants to talk to you, and you're just trying to set something up and they're not calling you back, you know, there gets to a point where you start to wonder, did I do something to offend this person? Did I overstep some bound? Am I, you know, what have I done? And, and if that's the case, then... It, then it's authentic to call and say whatever it is I'm sorry and please let me know what I did so I can apologize in person because mm -hmm. you know I really you're important to me and I don't want to you know I don't want to go on thinking that I've that I've upset you in some way mm -hmm. so other follow-up strategies that folks have work found work or found don't work one that I found doesn't work is calling it like every day <laughs> calling to follow up every day I found doesn't work yeah, I, Jeremy, I agree with that. I, I, if I let some time go in between, um, that's better. I had a follow-up call last week where I've been running after this person at uh, a bank in New York, and I, I don't, I'm not so happy about the way I handled it because I sort of suspected that they didn't hire executive coaches because uh. I know that this is a very cheap organization. It's a cheap bank. It's a cheap bank. And uh, they're known for that because I know know, the, know about their culture and I know some people who work there. And sure enough, you know, after trying to reach this woman for about three weeks, I found my phone call that, you know, that they don't hire executive coaches. So then I'm thinking, like, well, you know, do I meet with her just to, you know, do something? It's like, no, I didn't. I didn't schedule a meeting because, um, like, I don't. You know, she's basically not a decision maker that can hire me. Right. But I felt like, oh, geez, you know, you never know. People circulate in this field. You never know where they're going to end up. That's right. But I, I, uh, I didn't feel it would be an efficient use of my time. Good. So what are, what have, um, and this is for anyone to answer, what have you found to be effective time frames for follow-up calls? You mean after you've had an initial contact with somebody or after you've already met with them or which one? Well, all of the above. You know, if you're calling someone, let's say you've called, whether you've met them or not, and you've left a message, how how long do you wait before following up? Well, uh, Susie, uh, this is Lou. I, doesn't it depend upon the individual that you're contacting and also the culture, the corporate culture? Like you mentioned before in terms of the turnaround time for a proposal to lawyers mm -hmm. and uh, the impression if you do it so quickly, they think it's canned. Right. Uh, but if you are slower in that particular case, they know that you did an individual a job catered to them. Right. Uh, but uh, Jeremy's experience with other people is he has shown them in different situations that uh, he is right there. He's yeah. right on, on the mark. And as soon as you've discussed something, you've ironed out the details, he's going to have that proposal right to them. Exactly. So, it, so in part, it... Isn't it dependent upon whom you're working with? For follow-up, I, I think there, it, to some degree that's true, but I think follow-up is more about you. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I don't know, at least that's my take on it, as, as you ask the question. That's but, but, it, question. Say more about that. Well, think about it in terms of the numbers game. You know, we talked about it takes 10 calls to get through to one 
to get through to six people to get one meeting, and it takes 10 meetings to get one client. So therefore, it's 100 calls to get one client. Well, if you're doing 100 calls, you're following up on all these people, you're going to make yourself nuts if you're trying to figure out what all the different corporate cultures are and what's the appropriate time frame or frequency for follow-up calls into each of these different corporate cultures. Right. Unless, of course, all 100 people that you're calling are in the same industry, in which case it gets a little easier. But, but I think that the, the developing your follow-up strategy is really more about you and what's going to work for you. Because if it doesn't work for you, you're not going to do it. And if you're not going to do it, you're going to leave money on the table. You're going to not get business that's there for you to get if you drop the ball in terms of the follow-up. So I think that developing strategies that fit with your lifestyle, with your work schedule, with your comfort level, like, for example, um, and it's a shame Jerry's not on the call today, but he shared with us that you know even though he made his 10 calls, it was uncomfortable for him all the way up to the last call to do so. Mm-hmm. So for... For Jerry, he might be more comfortable making calls one day a week where he just sets one day aside and he can prepare mentally for it and he can make all his calls on that one day and do all his initial calls and all his follow-up calls and then just know that he's sort of off the hook from calls for the rest of the week. But somebody like Jeremy, who, you know, is comfortable doing it, does it often, you know, Jeremy could set up a follow-up schedule for himself of making 10 calls a day or 20 calls a day or 50 calls a day and be just fine with it. I find that the missing element that I need that I still haven't deployed as much as I should is really, it's almost like a spreadsheet of being able to follow up. I need a support document, whether it's you know something I use on a computer or something that I do by hand, which is basically a tickler system which tells me this is where I need to plug in the dates and I need to refer to that document every single day. Mm-hmm. And... and uh, <coughs> That's sort of like, you know, something that gets me organized. Right. That's uh, that's exactly how I was conceptualizing, uh, conceptualizing making series of phone calls like that, to have some sort of, um, actually, even like a ledger. Right. Yeah. But basically, and the, the beauty part about something like that for me is, it gets me out of the box of having to think about it. It's just an automatic. Mm-hmm. I guess so. It's like I get in. I, you know, I look at my schedule, I look at this thing, and I go, you know, this is what I'm going to plug this in today. Yeah, yeah. that's great. And it's great to have a tracking system. Um, it's a must. Yeah. Because otherwise you start to go nuts, you know, like, oh, geez, I, I called them on which date and which day. And I was like, you just look at your list here and you look, you plug in the dates about when they were called. Mm-hmm. You can say, you can refer back to the list, you know. Yeah, I must admit I'm not so thorough at that. <laughs> I'm really, I, you know, because I, I feel like some, most of the time I'm going, and this, again, is a style thing. I'm going in so many different directions at once that I'm happy when I get to just make calls, you know, and I, like, and I know I should track them, and I'm just, it's one of those things that I'm not always so good about doing it. But, um, but my system, I do have a system. I think you have to have some kind of a system that works for you. My system is not as organized as Jeremy's. Um, but what I have is I have a whiteboard on my office wall that I stare at all the time that has a list of all of the things that are in my pipeline. Not only pipeline things, but clients, too. I just have a whole list of, of all, you know, and there's, there are 50 organizations on that list. Mm, that's well, great. And what I do is I, every day, reach out to folks on that list. And I don't give myself... I found that when I give myself a number, when I say I'm going to reach out to five of them every day, 
then I start to make myself wrong for not mm-hmm. doing it when I don't do it. And then I, you know, it becomes a pressure and stress thing that, that just um, works against me. So in learning how to work with myself, I've discovered that I do much better if, you know, I sort of have identified which of these are the more urgent that need follow-up calls more immediately. And I just write them in my calendar. Um, I have my calendars a month at a glance calendar so that I yeah. can see what I'm doing. And then I, I just put them on the calendar as to when I want to follow up with them. And, and I spread it out however I want to spread it out. And I just write myself a little, like Jeremy said, a little tickler note on my calendar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you might want to have people listed in categories or in tiers so that you know not just a sense of prioritization, but so that you know this is a category of people that are in my network that I think could be referral sources that I want to be in touch with. And this is a list of people that are prospects from my target, my strategic target list, that I want to pursue. And this is a list of people that I've already made contact with that I want to follow up with. And, you know, so that if you kind of keep people organized in categories, and you can color code them too, it might be easier to do it that way rather than keeping separate lists. But it, it, again, it's, it all boils down to figuring out a system that works for you but really that works for you, not that you're trying to force yourself into doing. Does that make sense? Yes, a lot of sense, yeah. So, so given that, um, let's, let's do some brainstorming together about what that might look like so that, pe- so that we can you know, work specifically so that you can come away from this call with something that you're going to try or that you want to at least experiment with for the next week. Any ideas? Well, on the ledger, I, do, I mean, in terms of a layout, you mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, well, on one side, on the left side, uh, the, that column could be the names. Are uh, the names of companies, and then underneath that, the names of individuals and companies. Mm-hmm. <coughs> and on the top, you can have uh, across the top, referral source, and then another column for prospects, and another column for contact follow-ups. Oh, good. And then underneath those captions, you could, you know, you can uh, put in your... Um, a, a, a contact time or something. You can put it, enter a time when you're going to make a phone call or something to that effect. So you would know that at such and such a time, you'd be contacting um, XYZ company uh, uh, and, and you're going to be speaking with someone in particular at that company and you also know that that's a prospect call. Great. But that type of thing. Oh, that's great. You know, I was just talking to someone this week on, in a coaching situation who um, has to make a lot of sales calls to develop some business. And he said that what works for him is Outlook. Apparently, in mm-hmm. the software Outlook, there's a reminder system that pops up automatically. Um, and if you don't do it and clear it, it keeps popping up until you do it. There's even a place to um, to add notes about what you talked about with that person and when you talked to them and to write a have something remind you when to call them again that just pops up on your screen and if that's something that appeals to you that's another possibility mm-hmm. I think the key is whatever you do it be something that you you will look at every single day mm-hmm. that you continually have reinforcement that way and there's a continual loop feedback system that you're whether it's a computer or hand you know something that you write down or something you have on your wall but it's something that you have visual contact with every day Absent that, this will fall through the cracks. I think that's true. And I think, again, understanding your own sales cycle will will create some urgency around this. Because if you understand that in your experience with the industries that you're pursuing or the type of clients that you're pursuing, that it takes you six to eight months 
to to go from first contact to actually starting work for them. Well, then, you know, you got to have a number of things in the pipeline. Otherwise, you're going to be doing nothing for six months. Hmm. Right, that, and that's very important. And, and I, you know, I think that that, that stuff. Mm-hmm. I was talking to a guy who um, uh, has a, a business doing recruiting, and he was saying, you know, he just, you know, Instead of putting his money in the stock market, which he was very glad he didn't do now, he just put in a whole new division in terms of his recruiting agency, and he hired five people, and he put them all in place in January, and just, I think it was last week or this week when I talked to him, he made his first sale in terms of that recruiting practice. Now, that's, that's these five people in the office, and he's had them, he's been on his payroll for three months, and they haven't made a sale yet. But he knows through his business past experience that that's what it takes to load up the pipeline. Yeah. And wow. he knows it's going to be another three to six months before that really starts to bear fruit, but it will will happen. And it really is just a numbers game. Mm-hmm. It really is, which is why you want to be in constant activity, which is why it's helpful to have a follow-up system. So having some kind of system to remind you to be in constant activity or to support you in being in constant activity um, strategically, not just you know shooting from the hip, but strategic constant activity, will allow you to reduce, to drastically reduce the amount of time it takes to close a deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Susie, I have a question. In terms of, um, in terms of calling, <clears throat> do you find your success rate is better or uh, the same? When you make a call to uh, an unknown or you make a call to somebody who has seen you make a presentation of talk or something? Oh, it's, there's no contest. It's far better if they've had some experience with me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The, the cold calls, I, I hate them. <laughs> I hate the cold calls. I'll do them if I have to, but I would much rather build my business through referrals and people with whom I have some kind of contact, whether it's some connection through, maybe there's six other people in between us, you know, and I can say, well, I know so-and-so who knows so-and-so who knows so-and-so who told me that you know so-and-so, you know, whatever. Even if it's that remote, right. that I have a much higher success rate with that than if I'm just calling someone and I'm a stranger. Okay. So, so, the, so as long as it's, if there is some sort of connection that's visible. For me, yes. yeah, that's what I'm comfortable with. In my strategic targeting list, it's all people that have that have either contacted me because they've seen me make a presentation, or it's people that have said, you know, you should really talk to so and so, and I can follow up as a referral. Or it's someone with whom, you know, I've I've met them somewhere at a conference or mm-hmm. or, or through networking or whatever. It's but yeah. yeah, I mean, my my strategy is to to really work the referral side of things and not pay so much attention to the cold calling side of things. But I, you know, I, I work with lots of people who love the cold calling and find that they're more successful in that area. Susie, do you have a specific um, networking strategy for being at conferences or trainings? I mean, aside from, you know, giving out your business card and taking business cards? Yeah, there's a whole lot around networking, which is what we're going to do on our eighth call together. Um, but just for the immediate short term, mm-hmm. I would say design for yourself a strategy or a goal for what you want to accomplish networking-wise during that time so that you're not just sitting there listening to the content, but that you also have a strategy for who you want to meet, what you want to find out about who you meet. You know, it's, what is your goal for the, 
for the meeting or conference? What do you want to accomplish? You know, who are the kinds of people that are going to be there, and mm-hmm. how can you be useful to them, and how can they be useful to you, and how many of them do you want to meet? And you know, it's, and, and it's different for me with each thing that I go to, each meeting or conference. Sometimes I'm at a conference and I'm looking to just meet as many new people as I can, and I'm just exploring. And sometimes my strategy is more specific, and I know that there's going to be one or two people that I know are going to be there that I want to meet. And so I'm going to seek those people out. Or maybe there are people that I've talked to or come in contact with but have never met in person, and so my strategy for the meeting is to put faces with names and develop and deepen my relationships with people that I have at least a superficial contact with. Mm-hmm. So, it's, you know, just come up with some kind of, that, that's what I'd say, you know, just in a nutshell, is have a goal or a strategy for every networking interaction. Just identify for yourself what you want to learn at these conferences, not mm-hmm. just from the speakers, but what do you want to find right. out from the, your colleagues that will be there with you. You know, and there's nothing wrong with seeking out, with having your strategy be to seek out your colleagues, right. too. To have your strategy be, especially if you're, very much in a transition phase, you could you could have your whole strategy to be just meet other coaches that are going to be there so that you can ask them some best practices kinds of questions about how they handle different things or what their approach is or what their strategies are. Because I find that folks in the coaching community are so open and sharing yeah, exactly. that it's a great time to gather information that you might get some good ideas for how you're doing things. Okay, so we're, once again, our time has flown yeah. in terms of time. Let's just, before you run off, let me just ask everybody to spend 10, 15 seconds in terms of laser comments from the, today's class. Uh, yeah, I like this discussion, and uh, I'm going to try, I'm going to follow up with the follow-up phone calls, and I'm going to be trying, first I'm going to be trying, I'm going to be near your office on such and such a date, and uh, will you be in at that time? Yeah. And I'll just drop in, let me know. And then after that, if that doesn't work, then I must have done something terribly wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Rejection. (laughs) The guilt induction apology technique. That's right. I love that. Very good. Great. Okay. Yeah, I I want to thank you for your uh, encouragement um, regarding this meeting. I'm going to look it out with myself. I'm not sure I'm going to uh, use it on, on my computer, though. It's on my computer and probably everybody else's. Uh, but there may be some organizing principles I can transfer to paper. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Thank you. Great. Thank you. For me, this is the central thing is having the follow-up system, the tickler system, to make things uh, bounce back to me so I don't have to even think about it. It's a no-brainer. Great. And uh, for me, I just really enjoyed everybody's participation on this call, and I think it's wonderful when we can all brainstorm strategies and techniques together, and um, I think lots of great ideas came out of it. So great. Thank you all. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.